Hello, and welcome to this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty, a resource to equip and encourage leaders to make disciples who make disciple makers. I'm your host, Chris Swain, here with Robbie Gallaty, the pastor of Long Hollow Baptist Church, founder and president of Replicate Ministries. Today on the podcast, we have an interesting topic. I think one that is, I'm going to learn some things today. Okay. The question is, are you prepared to share something amazing on the podcast today? I'm ready to talk about one thing today. I feel like when people tune in, and by tune in, I mean download it. I don't know what they're tuning into. Yeah. I'm old enough that you actually tune into a radio, AM, FM. But you really don't tune in because you press a button. Yeah. (laughs) There's no tuning in. Yeah. I, I, I bet my son would be like, what does it mean to tune in? pay attention. But anyway, on the podcast, we're talking about a very specific topic that I think is going to be helpful for me specifically, but hopefully for everyone listening as well. The one thing that we must focus on as leaders and how we can as leaders, you know, when you think of all the things we do, we are managing people, we're managing our own relationships. We're managing ministry. We're trying to spin plates. Have you ever seen that uh, or heard that illustration? You've got six or seven things going on at one time, and you've got to be able to spin all these plates and keep them balanced and keep them going, or one's going to fall and break. And you probably feel like that every day when you get into work, especially on a Monday after Sunday, or probably Sunday right after worship, right? <laughs> You're thinking, which one of these plates is about to fall? And the pressure's there, especially as a key leader of any ministry area, the pressure of all the people, the pressure of the success. Did the sermon go good? Did the teaching work out? Are the people excited? Are we mobilized? Are we doing what we should do? There's so many pressures that we feel. Mm. And I feel like that can detract from or pull us away from what we should be focusing on, focusing on the most. Yeah. Well, the, 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 the challenge is too, uh, we can be good at a lot of things and really good at nothing great. You know, we can be doing a lot of things with busyness and doing things in church. And so uh, one thing works not only in our personal quiet time, in our personal time with the Lord, this one thing idea works in our ministry. Uh, One thing works in our family. Um, And so the idea is this. Okay, so here's kind of the big picture what we're going to talk about. Uh, And we're going to kind of help you today develop a framework to reduce everything you do down to one or two key things that are going to make the most impact in your ministry, in your personal time with the Lord, and in your family. Okay? I'm feeling motivated just hearing you say that. When really? You, okay. When you say, let's focus on one or two things, I'm just like, Phew. I've got about nine things going through my mind right now right, you're that are going to take place today <laughs> that have to get done in the next two or three hours. Yeah. Well, there's an old Russian proverb that says this, if you chase after two rabbits... You catch none. Oh, that's a good one. I like that. I know. Where did you get these Russian proverbs from? Well, I'm pulling them. <laughs> <laughs> the Russian proverb today. I didn't. Yeah, that, I mean, knew, that's. I didn't even know Russia had proverbs. I, I, <laughs> I think everybody's got proverbs. I mean, I like. I want. A, I want a unique. I mean, Russia's uh, pretty unique in terms of their proverbs. But I'd like to hear like a Lithuanian proverb. Yeah. Well. <laughs> or a Chilean <laughs> proverb. Better yet, tell me another Russian proverb. Uh, give me one more Russian proverb. And you're done, yeah. <laughs> Dylan, I think you should find us another Russian proverb. Find us a we Russian need, proverb. We need another. These are good. I mean, we could do a whole podcast on Russian proverbs probably. Yeah. <laughs> but we won't. Today, we will get back focused on the one thing. Okay. So we've heard of the 80-20 rule. Yes. Okay, we've heard of that uh, in ministry, and we've heard, we've heard of that even with giving. Yes. In the church, we talk about this a lot. Uh, 20% of the people give 80% of the money. 
Yes. Uh, basically, so you have the 28. And, and 80% or 20% do 80% of the work. 20% do 80% of the work. Uh, but the challenge is many leaders spend 80% of their time on the 20% that do nothing. Yeah. Right? Because the squeaky wheel gets the grease. And so the people that are complaining the loudest, the people that are people that are uh, you know, always critical, those are the ones we give attention to. Right. The people who are never here, the people who never give, the people who are not discipling, the people who are always complaining. We devote eighty percent of our time to those twenty percent. Okay, so here's the, the well we, we we give most of our attention to those eighty percent who aren't. I think is what you're trying to say, because it's the 80% who aren't doing all of these things that right. we focus on. And it's because you as a leader, you're thinking, how do I get everybody on board? Right. And we've got to, I'm not saying we're people pleasers, but a lot of times leaders are people pleasers, especially pastors. Yeah. And we, we know we've got these 20 who are all in, but man, how do I get to 30 or 40 or 50 or 60%? That's a good point. Yeah, that's a great point. Okay. So let's think about it for our own life. Um, th- this is called the Pareto principle. Have you ever heard of this? 80/20. Yeah. The 80, 20, you knew, you knew that. Okay, so basically the idea is what can we spend the most amount of time on to have the biggest impact in our life? Because, again, as I said earlier, we can do a lot of things good, but we want to do a few things great, okay? And here's how this one thing idea works. I read this book called The One Thing by Gary Keller. It's been out for a while, and I just kind of revisited this book, Uh, but it's really good. And when I was reading it, I'm thinking, how do we apply this to discipleship? How do we apply this to ministry? And here's what I started thinking about. The first thing is this. Um, he says, if we reduce our lives to the essential things, the essential habits that have the most impact and focus on those few habits, then we're going to have a greater impact uh, in, in our life and ministry. Okay, so the question is this. What are some of those one thing habits, okay? Or, or I think we talked about this in a while back. What are the keystone habits, okay? Keystone habits are habits that uh, if we set these habits, other habits will be developed as a result. Yeah, okay. So like you're connecting habits that you want to have to ones that you already have. That's right. Well, and those habits are better habits than, say, other habits. For example, tracking calories is a good habit because when you track calories – you're going to eat better. You're going to sleep better. You're right. going to work out more. Yes. Okay. So that's how it works. Well, okay. and like you get up every day and you probably take a shower. I, I sure hope you do. Right. I know I do. Right. And 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 what I've done is I've developed a habit of getting on the scale before I I take a shower. That Ooh. habit has helped me because I say, "Wow, today I got to be careful wow. because I'm I'm over the limit." You yeah, know right. what I'm saying? Yeah, you got to do that. Or I say, "Hey, I'm doing good. Look at this eat. progress." I can go to teriyaki madness. Well, teriyaki madness is my go-to. And that's not bad. That's not bad. It's not a bad place. You got rice, you got chicken, you got teriyaki. What could be wrong with that? Nothing. Okay. Uh, Sodium, but other than that, nothing. Speaking of keystone and one thing habits. Okay. Here's the way it works. It's it's this idea of trying to do something, small thing, to get 1% better every day in your Christian life. Okay? So what is the one thing you can do? And it's not a big thing. It's it's an incremental, small, daily discipline. I'm going to tell you what mine is, and, and, and Christian, maybe you can think of yours, but uh, the idea is if you just do 1% better and start small, eventually over time it has this domino effect. So he, he, he I was reading the book, and he gives this illustration about dominoes. Did you know that dominoes can, if you stack one domino, and you stack the next domino twice as large as the first domino, so it's 50% larger. Do you know a domino can then knock that domino over 
even though it's 50% larger than itself. Did you know this, Dylan? I did not know Colton, it. Did you Dylan know didn't know it. I don't think I know it still. Okay, so he if still you start... Does, he's still, still listening still and listen. trying. Okay, good. <laughs> so if you start with a two-inch domino, okay. okay, the 10th domino, two-inch domino, the 10th domino would be as large as me. As a six-foot... Eight, nine? Six. Six, six foot six. six. Wow, I'll give you a couple inches. The tenth six domino would be six, six foot Man six. could be knocked over by a, a domino. Yes. Wow. Okay. I don't know I don't if know I about, believe it. I don't know about me, but, but yeah. a six foot six well, you, domino. Oh, you okay. could be knocked over pretty I easy. I think. Be I think not. <laughs> Watch out, the dominoes are coming. <laughs> I would like to see this. I think this would create a great visual illustration. Yeah, so we put nine dominoes in me. Okay. Okay, the eighteenth domino knocks over the leaning tower of Pisa. Now, is that because it's leaning and it's already ready to go just like well, that? That, one's re- that okay. should actually be the first domino. Okay. <laughs> the leaning tower piece, I'm always wondering, like, is it really something that's going to fall over? Or was it like, eh, we're good? Like, well, is, is someone going to be taking there. a picture of that someday and then it's just going to go down behind them? No, that would be awesome. I mean, if you were the person. Not really. But no. if you hadn't seen it. we don't. I've, want- been, I've been there twice. For the record, we don't want the leaning tower piece to fall no, over. No, we don't. No, I've been there twice. It's pretty amazing. Really? And it's getting worse. Yeah, been there I didn't twice. know that. Are they trying to support it or, yes, or help now it? I think they're going underground to try to support okay. this thing because it's it's still leaning. It's got to lean like or why year. would you visit yeah, it? Who wants like to visit the, the straight gravity. Tower of Pisa? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The supportive and no-risk Tower of Pisa. You're going because it's leaning. You're yeah. hoping today's the day. Yeah. I Not th- really. I think they shut down tours going up Pisa. <laughs> I hope <laughs> so. <laughs> Golly, imagine that one. The 23rd domino. You ready for this? The 23rd is the Eiffel Tower. Wow. The 31st domino, in, starting with two inches, is Mount Everest. Tall That's as unbelievable. Tall as Mount Everest. And the 57th is the moon. You talk about explosive That seems to be pretty, pretty impactful. 57 dominoes uh, down from the first two inches. Okay, so what's the point here? here? Here's the point I want you to get. Don't think I've got to take and conquer the hill. Don't think I've got to do a full basket, you know, full a fruit basket turnover. You, we need to begin thinking at the granular level, at the micro level, okay? What are the micro changes we can do today that are going to have an impact over time, okay? So let's think about, let's think about your own life, Chris. Um, what are some changes we can make personally in our quiet time, time with the Lord, and what's some changes we can make ministerially, Okay. Put you on the spot there. Put me on the spot. What are some things we can do to change personally? I mean, obviously, the the go-to of reading the Bible every day. You know, taking time to set aside and say, no matter what, I'm going to read the Word. I think memorization of Scripture is huge. That's one that has been only recent for me within the last five, six years. Yeah. Um, because I think we've been taught that, and we did a little bit of it. But on an ongoing, consistent basis, I don't think most believers do it. Uh, I think it's a practice that's kind of been forgotten. We've talked about on the podcast before. But I think when you memorize Scripture, something happens with learning and and taking that Scripture and and applying it um, that is so different than when you're just reading and studying it. So I'd say those two for personal. And then in terms of, like, ministry, I think— when we talk about how ministry operates, we we look at the usually we look at the big picture. How many came? Uh, is this event a success? What are we going to do to make it better next time? How do we make this program more effective? And I think a better way, maybe to uh, in terms of you know getting down the granular level, is looking at the individual leaders that we have because the leader is going to set the tone and is going to steer the ship. Yeah. 
And if the leader, you know, just like you as a senior pastor here at the church, if you're not doing some of these key things, that it's not going to translate to the rest of our congregation. There's always going to be those who step up and do whatever. But I, every time I train, I say this. If you're a pastor and you're telling your people to be part of a small group or a Sunday school class and you're not a part of one, stop telling them. <laughs> yeah. Because the reality is you're not leading there. Yeah. And, you, and, and I feel like you have no right to tell people how to be connected in biblical community if you as a leader are not connected in biblical community. Yeah. I get a lot of stares at that one. Yeah, I was going to say uh, There's a lot of leaders who are like, whoa, like whoa, that. easy, easy, Chris. I will tell you this, though. Um, what's your, okay, so what you're identifying are small, incremental, daily disciplines. Okay, now, so once, and, and if you're listening, that's important for you to do. What are, the, what are the things I can do daily? Now, here's where the one thing idea comes into play i think we have to wait though before you tell us how this idea comes into play while we talk about a word from our sponsor and today's sponsors us so we don't even have to take a break even though i do like saying and we're back so i'm still gonna say that but let's say we're taking a break and we were talking about a ministry you know you're talking about incremental changes you can make to make it to have an impact in ministry and we have something we call the disciple making jumpstart you can go to the disciple making jumpstart.com to find this resource but all it does is give you a daily email to make that incremental change so over the course of 30 days you have begun to steer the ship in a new direction towards effective healthy church through disciple-making, biblically, the way Jesus did it. And every week you'll get a video. Uh, Pastor Robbie, you'll be talking to people saying, hey, here's what we're going to focus on this week. We're going to focus on our process. We're going to focus on our leadership. We're going to focus on how to implement a disciple-making pathway. Menu to map. Menu to map. All the things that we talk about on this podcast, but more importantly, things we've implemented here in our church at Long Hollow, and we've seen the benefit of how those things can connect together. And you've done this in multiple church contexts, from very small to medium to now mega church size. So check out Disciple Making Jumpstart when you get an opportunity, disciplemakingjumpstart.com, and I think you'll begin to you'll have the opportunity then to see how disciple making can transform your church as we obey what Jesus called us to do as leaders and ministers. Yeah, and some of you are sitting on the fence, you've heard us say this before. You need to go ahead and, and do it. The, the 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 biggest step and the biggest hurdle to overcome is doing it. So just check it Take out. Take the online plunge. And, well worth it. Yeah. And we're back. <laughs> we never really left. I just like saying, I just like saying we're back. And uh, we were talking about what draws all of these small things together. How does the one thing work? Right. Well, here's the thing: the challenge for the one, or the the thing that makes the one thing different than other things, is the fact that you're yeah. focusing two things, on, multiple things. Yeah, is the fact that you're going to focus on that one thing and not be distracted by these other things. They say it takes a person, uh, and I don't know how they come up with this, these percentages, but they say it takes a person um, one-third of their day to recover from distractions. Wow. So one-third of your Golly. day is spent recovering from distractions. Because think about it. Okay, you're in here working on your computer. Right. Okay. Somebody comes in and says, two minutes. Oh, boy. You have two minutes? I know how that goes. No, two minutes does not mean two minutes. <laughs> no, it's, it's never meant two. Never minutes. two minutes. Okay, if you get out of there in ten, it'd be a miracle. With all due respect, but anyway, the point is. So now you have to transition. Yeah, now you have to transition from working on your computer. Let's say you were writing a blog or uh, preparing a, a, a lecture or whatever. 
Now you've got to change brain power and focus to the new task. Then they leave. Now you've got to reorient yourself back. And now, but, but the problem is, you know, as well as I do, when I get back to my computer, it's not right back to the task. It's checking email. And then it's, oh, I see that, that text message. Oh, I see this other thing. So, uh, that's how it works. Uh, and so what this one thing is, it's keeping you focused on the task and staying on the task. Remember Mary and Martha, perfect biblical example. Okay. Uh, Martha was good at one thing, serving. Mary was probably able to serve if she was around Absolutely. Martha. She was anyway. expected to. Was expected to. Right. But she understood at that moment that the one thing that was the most important thing was to spend time at the feet of Jesus. And Jesus affirmed that because he said, you'll always have the poor with you. You're not always going to have me. You know, you're always going to have work with you, but you're not always going to have you know, me. So uh, Jesus basically shows us that the one thing that's the most important thing was spending time with him at the feet, uh, at his feet. Okay, so here, here's the thing. We realize that the greatest single thing you can do in your Christian life, or two things, we'll say. The greatest two things you can the do. The one, two things. <laughs> which is really the one-two punch. Okay, That's The right. one-two punch and the one thing, which is really a, a time with the Lord. But I'm going to give you two activities to do. If you commit to these two activities, I am certain that you're going to have a change down the road. I'm, I'm certain of this. And the reason I know this is because I've seen it happen in my own life. Let me give you a, a case for scripture memory. When I got first saved, my mind was fried. My brain was fried. Okay. Uh, I, uh, Not because of theology, but because of your history and passive drug use. Drug, yeah. Uh, I, I pulled a Coke out the fridge one day. I poured a glass for myself. I was talking to my mom in the kitchen. Five minutes later, in the midst of the conversation, I went back to the fridge, pulled out the two liter of Coke, went to the cabinet, pulled out another glass. I was about to pour myself another glass of Coke. My mom grabbed my arm. Uh, Son, what are you doing? I said, what do you think I'm doing? I said, I'm getting a thing of Coke. She said, what about that glass? <laughs> Literally. So there was a haze, basically, in your uh, fog in your mind well, was of trying to recover haze. from all these things. It was a purple haze. It was bad. Okay. So when I met figuratively, yeah, when I met David Platt uh, for discipleship and he tells me we're going to memorize the book of Romans. Like, I can't even remember when last I pulled a Coke out and, and tried I to get said, a drink. I said, Romans what? He said, Romans one. I said, what verse? He said, no, all of it. I just about fell out of my seat. Okay. And so I began to tell David the uh, effects of drugs and alcohol on the brain. You remember that commercial? This is your brain with the egg. Put it in the frying pan. It's your brain on drugs, right? And okay. a delicious breakfast. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm not so, sure who came up with that, but it is memorable. I still remember it 30 memorable. years later. Yeah, exactly. So here's the thing. David listened and said, okay, great. We'll only memorize four verses a week. <laughs> now, I don't know if anybody's ever tried to memorize scripture, but you know as well as I do, four verses yeah. a week is a lot of verses. It's, it's not a baby step, that's for sure. And not just any verses. This is Romans. Yeah. Okay, we're talking about the wrath of God as being revealed from heaven against all godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth. You know, that kind of Romans. So uh, I worked for six months. I wrote it down. I had that little Tony, uh, Tony, Sony tape Sony. recorder. Remember that? I think the haze may be coming back the a little bit. <laughs> Where did the haze come in this room from? Sony tape recorder. Yeah, you press a little uh, recording button. You re okay. Yeah, got it. I have one of those. Still I wrote somewhere. it down. I put post-it notes. I put it on the on the on the uh, mirror. I, I listened to it in the car, and finally, after six and a half seven months, I memorized Romans one, Romans two, 
and Romans 8. On Easter Sunday, I got up. Uh, my parents were just home from the Catholic church they went to. I went to the Baptist church I was at. I got up that Sunday afternoon. I said, Mom and Dad, and, and I'm, I'm, my mind, I thought, I'm going to quit trying to convince them with apologetics yeah. and all these other You've been things. sharing the gospel with them. They have not been receiving. You know, they're, ca- the house they're attending Mass, so they, you know, they're kind of like, how's my previous drug-addicted son going to try to lead me in any spiritual exactly. direction? Nothing. Right. So what I did is I simply quoted the word that Sunday, and uh, I started with Romans 1, got to Romans 2. They didn't know what was going on, started to see tears in their eyes, got to Romans 8. There's there for no condemnation. For those who are in Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life has set us free in Christ from the law of sin and death. And then I got to that end part, who shall separate us from the love of God. Uh, and you can imagine, I mean, that was a spiritual marker for them. Now, they didn't get saved at that point, but they knew, Chris, that Jesus was not just an addition to my life. Jesus was my life. And so I say all that to say it started from me understanding that Memorizing Romans 1, 2, and 8 is a big task. I didn't think of it in in the big picture. I actually reduced it to one thing. And I knew if I could memorize four verses a week, or at that time, you know, a half of half a verse a day or a quarter of a verse a day, I know that's what I would do. And so I would go through that and over time I was able to do it. So here's the thing. Here's the question. What is the one thing that you can do? every day that's going to make you 1% better today and 1% better tomorrow. At the end of one year, you're going to be 32 times better than, than the year before by just, by just doing the 1%, 1%, 1% uh, better every single day, okay? Incrementally, you've reached the Everest level. Yes, and then in 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 two years, it multiplies, like in the hundreds or, or 200. I, I don't know exactly. What is it? What is the habit? Here it is. You ready for this? The one thing. I'm ready. The one thing is going to be engaging the Bible through journaling. Hear journaling. Now you say, ah, I've heard you talk about the hear journal before. If there's one thing you're going to do that's going to have the most impact on your life, it's journaling and engaging. The, now here's why journaling is a, is a – here's why I didn't say read the Bible. Because reading the Bible is easy to get into box checking. Where you just finish your your scripture, you underline some verses. You might you might even put some uh, notes in the margin. Right, that'd be cool. Because yeah. when you open your I, Bible, people I've done say, it. Yes, you read your Bible. But journaling moves you through hearing from God, highlighting, explaining, applying, and then responding. That's the engagement part. So it's journaling through the Word every day, and then secondly, memorizing Scripture. I can't tell you how many times I've been able. Well, I'd, I'd give it to you this week. I was just uh, a couple weeks ago, I was preaching a camp with some students and uh, talked about the power of the word of God in scripture memory and hiding the word in one's heart. Well, I could preach a whole sermon on that, which I did for 20 minutes. But the only thing these kids remembered when I left is the last 20 minutes of me quoting Romans. I, qu- I quote Romans 1 and Romans 8. I got this idea from David Platt years ago. David actually qu- quotes Romans 1 through 8. I decided to take Romans 1 and 8. Yeah, I like that. It's, <laughs> it's about 20 minutes, 15 minutes, right? But here's the thing, Chris. When the students leave, they heard nothing of the sermon. They remembered everything about the memory quotation. And they and they say, wow, I need to – and I didn't even – you know, I didn't try to convict them. I just quoted it, and, and they said, I need to get in the Word till the Word gets into me. That's good. 
Well, as we wrap up today, the one thing that we can focus on, journaling the word, we're going to talk more about this topic, I have a feeling. There's a lot more to talk about, uh, because when we think of journaling, we all have this concept uh, in our minds of what that means. I think there's some practical application we can work through, so that's a great insight today. I want to wrap up by asking you today, do us a favor, go to iTunes and give us a rating. Obviously, we prefer a five-star rating, but you can give us a rating of any kind you want. That'll help us out. If you, A lot of people ask us, how can we help you with the podcast? Two ways. Give us a rating on iTunes, preferably a good one. And then two, tell your friends about the podcast. If someone hasn't been listening or someone you know and, and how to equip them and help equip them and help them, uh, just share. Hey, check out Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty. If you don't mind, take a moment to subscribe and share the podcast. You can find out more about disciple making, resources related to disciple making, and our customized training on our website at replicate.org.